Hello everyone, welcome to the debut podcast from ROHWorld.com. We're aiming to do about two or three of these a month where we'll discuss the latest Ring of Honor news, review events and possibly have some guests on in the future. My name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHWorld.com. Today I'm joined with Stephen, who's one of the co-owners and writer. Hi everyone. And also John, who's one of our writers as well. Hey, what's up y'all? Uh, this week's podcast is going to be all about the latest Ring of Honor Eye pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor 9, which took place on Saturday in New York. We're going to go through each match of the card, discuss what we thought of it, whether we liked it, was it better than we expected, and then we'll give an overall run rundown of the Eye pay-per-view itself. Um, the first match on the card was Tommaso Ciampa and Rhino, representing the Embassy, versus Homicide and Jay Lethal. Um, unfortunately, I missed this first match due to technical issues with the stream. However, both Stephen and John did see this, so I'll let them share their thoughts on this match. Um, for an opener, I was, I was quite surprised I actually chose this as the opener over uh, matches such as uh, Young Bucks and uh, Future Shock and the Bravados, because Ring of Honor normally kick off with quite a fast-paced match. Um, but by saying that, I, th- I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was a decent match. I actually was expecting it to be a bit slow and... Uh, you know, not so good, but yeah, I, th- I think it um, surprised a few people. I think the the best thing about it was that Homicide looked, you know, a lot more like his uh, his old self. So uh, that's definitely a positive. Yeah, I agree. I thought this was kind of a weird choice for the opener, not what I expected to open the show. I was expecting the Young Bucks, Future Shock, and uh, Bravados to open the show. But that being said, I thought it did good enough job of getting me like excited for the rest of the show. It was a good, good, solid match. Um, I like to. See Rhino actually back in Ring of Honor more. Like actually get like a permanent roster spot because uh, he impressed me at Death Before Dishonor Nine and as well at Best in the World. So I like to see him around more often. And I like the fact that it kind of set up a uh, future storyline between the Embassy and Jay Lethal. So I thought it was a all around good match. I thought. Mm, I, I think Rhino has uh, yeah has has done well since he came in. I know a lot of people were sort of um you know maybe a bit apprehensive when he first came in but yeah i definitely think uh he can be an asset to the roster because obviously he's a you know a well-known name in the uh, wrestling business so people who turn uh you know ring of honor on for the first time in the next couple of weeks and they they do see rhino or you know names like that then they'll uh they'll definitely know who they are so yeah i'll, I'll definitely give him some more um some more time in ring of honor the end of the match saw Champa pick up the win for the embassy when he hit his finishing move on Homicide. The whole of the embassy then began to beat up on Homicide, but Jay Lethal made the save with the TV title. Um, a bit of a strange choice to have Jay Lethal enter with the TV title, as the, the match where he won the belt hasn't actually aired yet. What do you think the reason was for this? I think the uh, Ring of Honor kind of expects the fans who follow the product already to know what the results are of the, uh, mm. of the tapings. So... Uh, I just figured that they had want us to already know that. And for new fans, that's kind of weird, but I'm not sure how many actual new fans would have bought the show without seeing the uh, television product first. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of the, the new fans will, will watch the TV show before buying a pay-per-view. So that they'll you know they'll tune in and just see Jay Lethal winning it. So, yeah, I suppose a lot of the, the fans that were watching it would have known anyway. So, yeah, I, I suppose it was, wasn't that much of a, a surprise, really. Yeah. Um, the second match of the night saw Shelton Benjamin defeat the prodigy Mike Bennett. Uh, Mike Bennett got a lot of heat from the crowd. He definitely wasn't very popular there. And I asked our fans on Twitter. There was not many fans of him there. Um, what did you guys think of this match and Mike Bennett's performance overall? I was actually pleasantly surprised by uh, Mike Bennett, if I'm honest. Uh, 
the, the good thing about him is that he, yeah he, he draws a lot of heat maybe not all of it is a uh, you know genuine heat but uh, and I suppose in New York as well, you're always going to get a lot of heat when you're from uh, when you're from Boston. But I think that the thing he needs to do is get rid of uh, Brutal Bob because I just I just think he's absolutely useless. Um, I just don't really see a point to him because yeah, he's I, I think he I think he maybe does need a manager, but he just the, the whole look of Brutal Bob just I don't know it just he doesn't really fit the gimmick yeah, in like, the he doesn't yeah he really doesn't fit the Bennett. Mike Bennett mold yeah. I see what you mean. You know, his whole gimmick is that he's a sports entertainer and Brutal Bob looks like some guy they picked up from a local bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. What's, what's the thing that he carries around in his mouth? Is it a cigar? Or... It looks oh, like a cigar, yeah, but I, yeah. I can't really tell. Yeah. I don't think he's ever smoked it, which is a bit surprising, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Shelton got the win when he hit the pay dirt on Bennett. Um, I think most people expected this, obviously, with Shelton being the big star that he is and being one half of the tag champs with um, Charlie Huss. Um, the third match was a three-way elimination tag team match between the Young Bucks, Future Shock, and the Bravados. This was a really fast-paced match. It was full of great spots. I thought it was really entertaining, and I agree with what you guys said earlier. Perhaps it would have been better to start with this match, you know, fire the crowd up, get the fans online ready for the show. I mean, what did you two guys think of this? Well, yeah, Ring of Honor normally do start off with quite a fast-paced uh, opener. I mean, I think the opener wasn't wasn't too bad but yeah I was, I was quite surprised that it wasn't put in that spot but I, th- I think everyone expected it to be a brilliant match and it certainly delivered in that uh, aspect I, I think the bravados uh did quite well as well I, I, I quite like them so all three teams did well and I think they all um complemented each other pretty well as well so I'm definitely looking forward to all three teams uh facing up against each other in the future yeah I agree I thought this match was just a lot of fun to watch just excitement from bell to bell and it was just great to see uh, the Young Bucks coming back really helps out the tag team division, I, I think, with the uh, loss of the Kings of Wrestling, apparently, leaving. Mm-hmm. And I think it doesn't really, uh, they don't really replace the Kings of Wrestling, but it just, an, like, softens the blow of them leaving. And it yeah, was just, it and uh, I just kind of like the, they're uh, not shaking the hands at the end kind of made me laugh. But uh, it's crazy how much the Bravados have improved in such a short time. I think in a, Years time from now, they'll be a legitimate. Not, I'm not going to say contender for the tag titles, but they'll be a whole lot more res- like respectable than they are now. If you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I think six months ago, a lot of Ring of Honor fans would have probably said that they didn't really want to see them anymore. But I think, yeah, they've definitely improved. I think they'll uh, definitely become, you know, permanent roster members. So, uh, yeah, I think they've definitely improved a lot. And uh, I, I agree with what you said about the Young Bucks. I think it was. Uh, you know, I think they've been getting a lot of press about the whole um, refusing to shake hand thing. And I liked when, uh, I think it was, was Matt, went to do the Spinner Rooney. <laughs> oh, that was, was, was quite funny. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think they've they've definitely come in to take the, the place of the Kings. I mean, I know they're completely different teams, but and I, th- I think the, the books will, will eventually go as a, a heel tag team, which, which could prove a bit hard because, you know, the, the fans do love them because they're, they're so good. Um, yeah, I agree completely, guys. Um, the match saw the Young Bucks win. Um, uh, I know me and Stephen appeared in another podcast, and all of us agreed on that show that we thought Future Shock would get the win here. Uh, what do you guys think about the Young Bucks getting the victory, and did you actually think that Future Shock would? I, I uh, kind of felt that the Young Bucks would just to try to reestablish them as a Ring of Honor tag team, but I wouldn't have been surprised if Future Shock would have won it all just to help build them back up as a credible contender. So it 
could have gone either way for me, so I'm not really surprised that the Young Bucks won. No, I don't think anyone really expected the Bravados to win, but yeah, I think especially with the you know Future Shock have got their tag uh, title opportunity coming up, so I think a win would have really, really helped them. But yeah, I think that the thing with them is that I think the fans love them for their performances rather than you know them getting wins. So I don't think that will really affect them. But I think the the Young Bucks win really shows that they're going to be in Ring of Honor for the long haul. They're not just going to be in, you know they wouldn't have given them the win if uh, they were just going to be coming back for a couple of shows. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, the next match of the night saw Jimmy Jacobs versus El Generico. Um, this didn't really go on that long until it ended in a no contest because of the appearance by none other than Kevin Steen himself. Um, it was absolute chaos when Kevin Steen arrived. He grabbed the mic. It was quickly cut off. Um, he was held back by loads of the link ring of on a locker room. He even went to hit a power driver on Kerry Silkin at one point. Cornette went to throw a punch at him. It was absolute chaos chaos the crowd are going insane it was it was brilliant stuff what did you guys think exactly what you said i thought it was brilliant i think everyone expected yeah to make an appearance but I, I, the actual match i thought was pretty good until uh until steen interrupted i think them two could have really put on a, a really good match yeah i'd like to have seen of... it go on a bit longer to be honest but still yeah, have, obviously still have steen show up but perhaps give them a bit more time yeah to... maybe even have a winner because i think it wouldn't have affected you know steen's entrance at all if he'd have come in after a, after a winner to be honest yeah. But, um yeah i mean steen's entrance was uh was brilliant but uh, <laughs> what really made me laugh was was jim Cornell. i think he's been brilliant in this, the punch uh, yeah. i thought that was that was really really funny <laughs> yeah it was brilliant stuff but yeah, I honestly kind of had a hard time getting into the action of the match because I just was expecting Steen the entire time. So I was just kind of just waiting like, all right, when's he showing up? When's he showing up? Yeah, that's a good point. But it was still, while it was lasted, I was, it was still good. Just uh, I thought I'd be more into it considering it's El Generico versus Jimmy Jacobs and Jimmy, Jimmy Jacobs being one of the people that actually got me into Ring of Honor in the first place. I figured I'd be a whole lot more into it, but I was just really just waiting on Steen to show up. And uh, Steen didn't disappoint, I'll say that. He never does, does he? Especially <laughs> when he makes these uh, little cameo appearances. I just, I just don't know where they're going to go with this. I mean, he's just, as he said, he's just too good not to be on the shows. He's just, yep. I mean, since that feud with the, with Generico, he's just become, you know, one of the biggest names in, in independent wrestling. So, you know, he's just, he's just too good to not have on the shows. In even, you know, being on the show for thirty seconds or a minute, like he was, he's just. You know, improve the show so much. Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, he wasn't. Well, I think it was after they cut the microphone off on him, or right before he grabbed the microphone, he called out Davy Richards for not being on the show. Yeah, and that's that sets up like some so many interesting things he can do in the future. Like yeah, if he works his way think, back onto the roster. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a question that most Ring Runner fans are asking as well. To be honest, you know, where why is Davy in Japan when he's the world champion? Why isn't he here defending the belt? So, yeah, I think him. You know, asking questions that you know that the fans want you know want answering. I think potentially it it could come to sort of the fans and Steen against Ring of Honor kind of thing. Did you guys see the promo he did outside of the arena that was on YouTube? No, I didn't know he. I didn't know he did one. No, oh, uh, he did it in the. Was it in the parking lot? I've not actually seen I it. I think but... it was outside. Yeah, we posted it on our Twitter page. You know, he was talking about final battle taking place in New York this year, and he says, you know, it started at final battle and it's going to end at final battle. So, you know, it's looking like we're going to see an appearance from Steen and maybe even a match at that pay per view. Um, 
it's just that there's, so, there's just so many ways that this could go. I mean, yeah, I mean, no one really knows. Do they let him wrestle? Do they keep trying to get rid of him? I mean, obviously, eventually he has to come back because, you know, as I said, he's just too good to not not be yeah. there. It's just so how they're going to get him back in and what happens when he does. I mean, it's just yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely really excited to see where it goes next. Mm. I, th- I think maybe we could see some some sort of double turn. I, I've just got a, a feeling that Jimmy Jacobs is gonna is gonna turn. I, I just I just think that's probably the easiest way that they can yeah. get him back in is by someone else sort of turning and teaming up with him to sort of take down Ring of Honor from the inside. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. Um, the next match was Charlie Haas versus Michael Elgin. Um, what did you guys think of this match? I was uh, I was really looking forward to this match going into the show because I'm a big fan of Michael Elgin. I think he's really, really been really impressive since debuting in Ring of Honor, and uh, I was ha- I, I was happy with the match. It wasn't as good as I was expecting, but I think I had way too high of expectations for it. But I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I think I was similar. I I found it a bit disappointing if I'm honest. I mean, I as John said, I'm a, I'm a big Michael Elgin fan. I think he's I think he's been brilliant since he uh, since he came in. I, I think Charlie Haas is good, but I just I just don't think his style really suits itself to singles wrestling. I think um, you know him and Shelton are a really good team, but obviously Shelton can can wrestle on his own fine. I mean he's uh, you know won singles titles, so yeah. But I think Haas really is a, a tag team kind of guy, and uh, yeah, his singles matches don't really entertain me that much. So yeah, I was I was a little disappointed with that match, but I think. Any match after the the Steen incident would have would have been a bit disappointing because everyone yeah, was a bit, a bit of a high follow. after that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, it wasn't the greatest match, but it wasn't exactly awful. You know, it was just sort of okay, and it was it was decent, really. Yeah, um, it, was, it was just kind of there. Like, all right, yeah, all right, it ended okay. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, I would have much rather seen Haas and Benjamin in some sort of tag team match. Mm. I think that's the thing with Ring of Honor matches is that sometimes people expect always expect matches to be brilliant so when they're just good people are disappointed but it was still a good yeah. match yeah i mean if you'd have seen that match on a tna pay-per-view or a WWE pay-per-view people have been saying you know that's that's a really good match but because it was on a ring of honor pay-per-view it's like well you know yeah it was it was good but they were, they were a lot better on, on yeah the, the ending saw um haas get the win after he hit a suplex and then a big larry and elgin to get the victory which you know the same with the shelton match i think many people expected the yeah i think I think Haas and Benjamin really had to win their yeah. singles matches, and I was—I don't really know where the the has truth are going to go from here because obviously Elgin lost Strong last, so I think that maybe Strong will might break away from the. Uh, I'd like to see that to be honest. I think it'd be much better on his own without. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. think his run before um, he joined up with Truth Martini was was quite good when he was uh, sort of challenging for uh, Tyler Black's uh, title. So. Mm. Yeah, because that's what I was really worried about, about the Ringmaster's Challenge, was that if Strong lost, which I was kind of expecting him to, what does he have to go on to? Like, what is there for him to do now? And I got to thinking, maybe have him and Michael Elgin become, like, the permanent team, because we've seen them team at, what was it? Was it No Escape that they teamed together back in July? I think and No I Escape think... was Strong against Generico, in it? Okay, it was the... Uh, I think it was, it was the, the, uh, the one the night before, I think. Yeah, it was the one the night before. Yeah. Where they teamed together. I wouldn't mind seeing them as like a semi-permanent tag team. I think they they would work well together. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, as you say, not a permanent tag team because I think 
Strong's too good to be, you know, in a in the tag team division. Uh, you know, too good a singles wrestler. I think he doesn't get uh, as much credit as he deserves. But as you say, where does he go from here? Because you know he's lost to Eddie twice now, and he's obviously not going to get the title back anytime soon. So you know, he's just yeah. Kinda, yeah, just kind of lost in the shuffle. And I guess, like y'all said, if he leaves the House of Truth, he will have something to do with Michael yeah. Elgin. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe even a Roderick Strong against Mark Logan, uh sort of feud would be uh, would be pretty good. Would you guys like to see him challenge Jay Lethal for the TV title? Um, uh, yes, yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, I think the TV title needs to to increase in credibility because when Daniels held, he didn't really defend it that much. And obviously, they didn't have the uh, the TV show at that time. So, yeah, Lethal against Strong would be you know the match would be really good. So. It it definitely give the 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 title a boost as well. Yeah, I I agree. The next match of the night was the first of the two main events. It was the Ringmasters Challenge for the number one contendership, uh, which was Eddie Edwards versus Roderick Strong. It worked as a best of three falls match. The first four was pinfall only. The second four was submission only, and then the third fall, which was required, was a fifteen minute Iron Man match. Um, it ended in a one-all tie, which then led to the 15-minute Ironman. The Ironman then ended again in a one-all tie, which then led to Jim Cornette coming out and saying this match is going to continue until a winner, which was a great move, obviously, because no one wanted to see a draw. Um, I thought this match was, was fantastic. It took a while for the crowd to get into it, though. I'm not sure why that was, but what did you two guys think of it? I think it took a while because I think everybody expected it to go to the third fall. And when you're expecting it to go to the third fall, I think it's a bit, uh, yeah, a bit hard to get to get into it at the start. Yeah. I think the one thing I have to say about the the time limit uh, matches in Ring of Honor, they always go to a draw. I mean, I know that's the whole point of a time limit match, really, so that they can set up a draw. But they every single one seems to go to a draw, and there's always you know a chance of five more minutes. So I was hoping that they'd finish it before to uh, you know not confuse the crowd, but you know have. Uh, to freshen it up a bit, but like an unexpected, like a surprise, the crowd kind of. Yeah, because I think everybody expected it to go to to extra, you know, extra time. So, yeah, I, th- I think maybe they they overdo that a bit. But I'm glad that they didn't overdo the uh, the pinfalls in the extra 15 minutes because I, th- I thought they would, but luckily they didn't. Yeah, I think with just having one apiece, it made each pinfall, you know, more meaningful and have more impact when it happened. Yeah, especially because they didn't either one of them get the pin until what the last two minutes of the yeah. uh, Iron Man match. Mm. And the way Eddie got the pin, that that could um, lend itself to a Roderick Stronger hill turn as well, as like we sorry a face turn, like we we said, because obviously it was Truth Martini really that cost him the uh, the pinfall, so he could sort of say, you know, you cost me the match, and that could seem uh, go away from the uh, House of Truth. By winning this match, uh, Edwards earned a rematch against Davy Richard for the ROH World Title. And we can assume this will take place at the next side pay-per-view, possibly Final Battle or maybe Glory by Honor if that turns out to be an eye pay-per-view. Um, do you think Edwards will get the win in his match against Davey? I don't, no. If anything, it'll be a time limit, like a 60-minute time limit draw, but I don't see him getting the win over Davey anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they wouldn't have put the belt on, on Dave if they, were, you know, they didn't see Davey as the uh, long-term champion because... I mean, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't keep the belt on Eddie, to be honest, because I actually prefer Eddie to, uh, to David Richards. But um, obviously, they see David Richards as the man to take them into the, you know, the TV era. They think he's basically going to be the the main guy. So 
to you know, I, I think he'll be holding that back for for quite some time. Yeah, definitely. And then we get to the main event of the night, which was the third, only the third ladder war in Ring of Honor history, uh, which was the All Night Express battling the Briscoes, with the winner getting a future ROH tag team title shot. This match, you know, had huge he- expectations based on the first two ladder wars, and I, I personally feel it delivered on those. It was a great match. It was really brutal, as everyone expected. And the All Night Express got the huge victory at the end, a well-deserved one, because I really feel that team has developed a lot over the past 12 months. They've had a great change, they've really improved their in-ring work. And, um, so what did you two guys think of this huge main event? I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not sure if I'd say it's as good as the first two Ladder Wars, but it's really no point comparing when something is as good as what this was. Uh, if I think that the ninth anniversary show earlier this year kind of showed people that the All Night Express could be legitimate contenders to the tag team titles with their match against the Kings of Wrestling. Mm. I think uh, Saturday just really proved, it was like they're coming out party showing that they have what it takes to carry the, to uh, be the focus of the tag team division. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I was quite disappointed they didn't actually win the bouts when they had that opportunity. Cause I know the, uh, the ending of that was a bit of a you know controversial finish. I think Chris Hero used his uh, loaded elbow pad like he, uh, he used to quite a lot. So yeah, uh, and they never really got an opportunity after that. They sort of I think that's when uh, the world's greatest tag team sort of um, took the emphasis a bit. So uh, if I was you know if I had to pick the next tag team champions, I'd definitely say the All Night Express because I think they've uh, yeah they've, they've come on leaps and bounds over the last uh, twelve months or so. And that, I just hope that Ring of Honor doesn't kill their momentum because they have loads, you know, behind them at the moment. I think all the all the fans want them to uh, t- to win the titles. That's nothing against Shelton and uh, Charlie because I think they're both brilliant as well. But I think uh, a couple of uh, matches between those two teams could really, um, you know, really put on some uh, brilliant shows. Do you guys yeah, like- see the All Night Express getting the belts in their first title shot against the? World's Greatest Tag Team, or do you think it will require you know a few rematches down the line? Um, I think it might take a few rematches, just for the fact that I'm not sure if they'd want to take the belts off the uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team right as they're going on television. But maybe uh, I think they'll I think they'll have the belts before the end of the year. I'll say that. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Charlie and Shouten are going to be. You know, they're, they're big names. I mean, they're in the WWE for absolutely ages, so fans will, will recognise them. So they might not take the uh, the parts of them, you know, now or, you know, in the, the, the next uh, couple of months. But, yeah, I, I definitely hope that they have uh, the, the titles before the, the end of the year because I, I think they've, you know, really stepped up and they uh, they deserve it. So what did you guys think of the pay-per-view as a whole? I mean, what was your favourite match or your favourite moment? Um, do you think it was lived up to the hype? Was it was it better than you thought it was going to be? I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be because going in there wasn't really that much hype based on the fact that Davey wasn't there and there were no title matches. But uh, it turned out to be a really enjoyable show. It was fun from start to finish, I thought. There weren't any bad matches, which really helped a lot. Everything was at least pretty good. And uh, the, my, the best moment of the show, besides Steen, of course, had to be the... Uh, the Mark Briscoe diving off the ladder onto that was uh, insane. That was yeah, just just I guess that's why they call him Crazy Mark Briscoe, right? Yeah, he lives <laughs> up to his name exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of the show, I, I think I was actually uh, quite pleasantly surprised as well because 
I mean, apart from the yeah, the, the two uh, sort of co-main events, there there weren't you know, uh, there's normally at least three or four matches on a Ring of Honor pay per view that really you know stand out, and you think that yeah, it's going to be an excellent match. So yeah, I think they definitely they show that they you know even without some of the bigger names like Colt Cabana, uh, David Richards, the Kings, that, that they can still you know deliver a, deliver a great show. Um, as, oof, my match of the night, I think I've, everyone is going to say that the ladder war. So I'm going to go for something a bit different and say the the three way tag match, uh, Young Bucks, Future Shock, and Bravado. Yeah, I mean I agree with you guys. On paper, this I wasn't expecting that much. I mean compared to previous pay per views, you you knew they were going to be fantastic. But I feel I agree. You know, it delivered. It was a good show. I enjoyed all of it. As John said, there wasn't a bad match. Um, for me, my favourite moment, I, I agree with John again, is the huge splash by Mark Briscoe off the ladder. Just the height he had on that was was absolutely insane. And my favourite match is also, you know, I'll go with the the easy answer. It was, it was the Ladder War 3. I thought that was fantastic. Mm, okay. I, I think, really, you, you never really get a bad Ring of Honor show. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, you know, that's the great thing about people when, when, you know, you know, when you try out Ring of Honor that... You, maybe it won't be your cup of tea, but I don't think you're ever going to see an event and say, you know, oh, you know, that the wrestling wasn't good enough or the wrestling wasn't great because, you know, it always is. It always delivers. They always, yeah, they always make sure they deliver, definitely. Ring of Honor also made some big announcements in the past week. They announced that Survival of the Fittest 2011 will take place in Dayton, Ohio on 18th of November. Yeah, and uh, last year it was Eddie Edwards who won the Survival of the Fittest tournament, which is a one-night tournament where 12 wrestlers start then they wrestle each other, then it goes into a six-person elimination match, and the winner gives a future title shot. And Eddie Edwards used that title shot in Roderick Strong at Manhattan Mayhem 4 to win his first-ever ROH World title. And uh, so far, there's been one person to qualify for the tournament. It was uh, Andy Rightleg Ridge. He defeated Grizzly Redwood in the uh, pre-show match at uh, Death Before Dishonor 9 this past Saturday. So Andy Ridge is one of the people in Survival of the Fittest. Yeah, I think think they're going to announce the the rest on their website soon. Um, Going back to that match, actually, Andy Rutleg Ridge against Grizzly Webber, I actually thought that was a pretty decent match for a a pre-show. And uh, the only thing I'm I'm thinking was, I mean, Grizzly Redwood is, I I quite like him, but obviously he he doesn't win matches. That's his old old gimme, really. (laughs) And the the fact that Andy Rutleg Ridge had to use a roll-up to beat him was a bit, hmm. You know, they're, they're trying to build up Andy Ridge to beat you know, make, yeah. a guy in you know a regular roster member, and I think he's, yeah, he I think he's quite than, good. But yeah, he should be able to beat him more than just a roll. Yeah, he should be able to beat Grizzly Redwood. I mean, I think the only guy I've seen lose to Grizzly Redwood was uh, Brutal Bob, and he got squashed by Grizzly Redwood. So <laughs> that's why he should go. But yeah, carry on. Uh, yeah, Ring of Honor also announced the first match for the next set of TV tapings, which take place in Louisville, Kentucky, on October first. Um, it's the American Wolves taking on the House of Truth, represented by Roderick Strong and Michael Elgin. What do you guys think of this first match being announced? Yeah, I, th- I think we spoke about that that match uh, a bit earlier. Um, yeah, I think it should be a you know a really good match. I'm a bit disappointed that the that they haven't got you know Davey on his own because it'll be his first match you know back. And I think having him you know to defend the title against maybe someone like Jay Lethal or you know someone like that would have really you know, have to introduce him back, but you know they they do well, don't they, together the American Wolves, and maybe that could even possibly uh, you know lead to a, to some sort of split. So it's interesting to see how uh, how that match will uh, pan out. Yeah, that's um, what I'm ex- 
That's what, sorry. That's no, what go I'm, ahead. That's what I'm expecting to kind of lead to more of a split between the Wolves as uh, Edwards tries to prepare himself for another title shot against Davey, and that will hopefully play out on TV so people will actually be able to buy into the storyline who haven't purchased the iPay-per-views before and who are just now seeing Ring of Honor for the first time. So I, I, I understand it, but I also see where you're coming from wanting a, uh, a, a singles match from Davey. Yeah, I think everyone sort of expected one of them to turn heel when they had the last match at Best in the World. And I think, uh, you know, I think they probably did the right thing for that match, having, you know, Davey win the match and, you know, clean and have it uh, as a, you know, so emotional afterwards. But I don't think they, they can keep doing that. So I think one of them really has to turn heel. And I think I think Eddie turning heel would be, you know, be quite interesting because it would give him, uh, you know, a different edge to his to his character. So... Uh, yeah, maybe them uh, splitting up at uh, you know the TV tapings would be would be good because obviously, as, as John says, then obviously new um, viewers will be able to you know um, follow that as well. So I think that would be a good idea. And finally, Ring of Honor also announced that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly will be getting their tag team title shot against whoever the champs are at the time on November six in Collinsville, Illinois. Do you see Future Shock winning the tag titles at this event? Uh, I can't really see them, them winning. I don't think they've won enough matches, uh, you know, big matches to uh, to warrant them winning the, the title. But you know, I think it can can help them. Uh, you know, if they put on a, a good show like they normally do, I think you know that will uh, give them some credibility as a, a team that can really put uh, you know put it up against the uh, the big team. So no, I don't, I don't think they will win the uh, the titles, but. It's uh yeah it's, it's I mean it's good that they've got a, um, a title shot so yeah hopefully they'll uh, they'll impress. Yeah, I don't see them winning either, but I think they're going to look really good in defeat, which will help establish them as a uh, tag team contender a whole lot better than defeating the Bravado Brothers will. So I think <laughs> so yeah I think they're going to look good in defeat, defeat and people will see them like how close they came to beating whoever the tag team champions are at the time and believe that they. If they're given another chance, they might be able to pull it off. So, I think it's yeah. going to be a good match, and I think Future Shock actually are future uh, world tag team champions because I think they're just a really good team. I, I like both guys, and think they're just a great match for each other. Yeah, they are. And I think maybe that they could have the, the Young Bucks um, interrupt that match, and if they did that, obviously that would lead to a, a feud with the Young Bucks and, the, and Future Shock, which I think everyone would would enjoy watching, and also. That would give uh, Future Shock a, you know, a claim in the future when once they've uh, solidified themselves. You know, they could say that they never got their, you know, their proper, proper shot at the title. So, I think that could really open uh, two doors. That's a good idea. I'd really like to see that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now, before we uh, end the first episode, Ring of Honor is set to return to TV this weekend. Um, for the full list of channels, you can check out rohworld.com. Um, if you live internationally, it's also going to be available on the official Ring of Honor website. They haven't released the full details of this, but we're going to assume it's going to be an on-demand available stream, you know, after it's aired in America. Um, John, will you be getting the TV show where you live? No, I won't. The closest I think it's going to be to me is about four hours west of Tallahassee, so I won't be getting the show. I'll have to watch it on the website. I mean, what are your expectations of the show? I mean, did you enjoy the HD Net shows? I liked the HD net shows like when they started, but as it went along, it be- they kind of became redundant to me. Like they just started putting it on cruise control, and I'm hoping they really just use the television show to really hype up the uh, 
the house shows and the iPay-per-views. But what's really kind of worrying me about the television shows is that they're going to have to break up matches and clip the matches for commercial breaks. And I'm not sure how well like a Ring of Honor-style match would work in that situation. That's a good point. What about you, Stephen? Um, well, obviously I won't be, uh, be getting it. We won't be getting it over here in the uh, UK. But I learned uh, earlier that apparently Ring of Honor have sold the rights to an international uh, distributor. So hopefully uh, a few European countries will be... Uh, we're picking it up because I think that will really uh, benefit Ring of Honor because I think you know they've got a lot of international fans and they've gained quite a lot in the with the iPay per view so that would be uh, that'd be really good for them. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it on TV over here. I mean, it's great that they are making it available online because the HDNet shows weren't legally available online. They were if you knew, knew where to look. But by making it, you know, on the official we website, didn't know where to look just to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we do not condone that. Um, but, but by making it, you know, easily available on the official website, it's going to increase the audience by so much. And as Stephen discussed, you know, if they can get it on European TV markets, it'd be fantastic. Okay, so the first show, as I said, is set to debut this Saturday all across the United States and available online. In our next podcast, we're going to do a complete run-through of the show, what we liked, what, perhaps what we didn't like, and, you know, what we'd like to change for the future episodes. Um, that brings an end to the first episode of ROH Cast. I'd like to thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to make user feedback a huge part of the show. So if I have any, th- any feedback, any suggestions, you know, something you'd like us to talk about, something you liked or you didn't like, you know, just send us an email, contact at rohworld.com. You can also tweet us at ROH underscore world or just use the hashtag ROHcast. You can also write on our Facebook wall at facebook.com slash rohworld or you can simply leave a comment below in the podcast post on the website. As I said, next time we're going to be discussing ROH's return to TV and be sure to send in your feedback and comments and maybe we'll share some of your thoughts and opinions on the TV show as well. I'd like to thank Stephen and John for joining us. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. And we'll see you all next week. Okay, the end of the match saw Champa pick up the win for the Embassy when he hit his finishing move, the Product Champa. <laughs> product. <laughs> um, the end of the match saw Champa pick up the win for the Embassy when he hit his finishing. <laughs> I've got like the. Um, I keep laughing every time I read it. Can I just say his finisher? I won't laugh then. Just say the power bomb on the knee. <laughs> Okay. okay. So Champa pick up the win for the embassy when he hit the power bomb onto the the back of his <laughs> back of his knees. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm just gonna say it's finished. If they don't know what it is, they can watch it. That'd be the weirdest thing ever. A power bomb the back. <laughs> I think I tweeted that as well and had to remove it. Oh.